And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. I can see you right now in the kitchen, bending over a hot stove, but I can't see the stove. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. <laughs> Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry. I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. What do you do, Carl? Carl is a inventor slash entrepreneur. Yeah, I'm still looking for that home run, you know? I mean, when I saw the iPod first time, I was like, yeah, I could have kicked myself. That was so hard on him. What's your name? Carl, my name. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger, ready to move out. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the captivating Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Gerald Moore stars in a tale with a twist ending on The Whistler from 1946, but first, it's Beat the Host. In order to beat the host, a Hollywood 360 listener contestant named Elizabeth must correctly answer questions about Matthew Perry and friends. Lisa Wolf Hall is our moderator. Lisa, please say hello to Elizabeth. Hi, we're so glad to have you on the phone with us, Elizabeth. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Oh, terrific. So, Uh, Today, we're going to be honoring Matthew Perry, who just passed away October 28th of this year at the age of 54. So it's been a very sad story, and everybody's uh, kind of all over the news and social media. So we're going to honor him by doing some trivia about uh, Friends, the TV show Friends. So get your thinking caps on. Hopefully, Elizabeth, did you ever watch Friends, the show? I did watch Friends. Oh, good. Because these aren't going to be true or false. They're going to be like easy questions uh, about friends. Let's start. Um, All right. Elizabeth, the first question is for you. How many seasons of the show are there? Just take a guess. Who's ever closer is going to get this one. (laughs) (laughs) 17? 17. Wow, that's a lot. What do you think, Carl? I'll say 10. 10 is the right answer. (laughs) That is is absolutely correct. From 94 to 2004. I just guessed, Elizabeth, I swear. Where's the ding? Oh, hang on a second. I I think you said. No, I swear. I promise you, I give him no help on this. I promise you. Carl, what instrument does Phoebe play? Phoebe plays a guitar. That is correct. All right. Elizabeth, what hangs on the back? Hey, Elizabeth. I'm up two to nothing. You better get going here. All right. Elizabeth, what hangs on the back of the door in Monica's apartment? I have no idea. It's famous. I have no clue. Well, I wasn't asking you. I have you. no clue. I have no clue. What hangs on what? The back of the door of Monica's apartment. No idea. What is it? It's literally in every opening. It's the yellow picture frame. I have no idea. I didn't know that. That's okay. Carl. Do you yeah. know Chandler Bing's middle name? No. No. Do you know it, Elizabeth? No. No. Oops. She's she's 
Did she hang up speak, on us? <laughs> speak a little closer to the mic. Uh, no, we both All don't right, know. I it. will what is tell it? you that's Muriel. Muriel Chandler. Muriel Bing. Uh, no idea. Elizabeth, these what does Monica hard. do for a yeah, living? Yeah, these are hard, right? Not so hard. Why didn't you do true or false like you normally do, Lisa? Because I did it this way, Carl. Oh, what does Monica do for a living, Elizabeth? I think true or false would be better. Way better. I'm with you, Elizabeth. Next time. I think it's, I think we should. Are you going to just complain the whole time or are we going to play a little trivia? Okay. What's the next question? <laughs> Elizabeth, what does Monica do for a living? Monica. What's her job? Uh, that one I know. You Wait, know. Hmm? Oh my God. I'm like, bl- it's late at night. I'm blank. It's okay. Carl's here to help you out. Come on, Elizabeth. You know, what does she do? Remember, it has to do with food. Wait, she's a waitress. No. no. Try try again. Okay. Wait, what did Monica do? Yeah, something to do with oh, food. My. Any idea? You know what? I am blank. This was so long. She was a chef. She, she was, a, was cook. a chef. That's exactly right. Oh, man. Three to nothing. Oh, boy. Three to nothing, Elizabeth. Carl, which two characters were friends in high school? Which two characters were friends in high school? Um, I don't... I'll give you a clue. It was girls. Okay. Um... Don't you remember? Monica and... And then the, uh... What? Who, who, the, oh, my God. Who was the I, other I, girl? Rachel? Yeah. Rachel. That is right. Rachel. I'm, I'm right? Yes, you are correct. Monica and Rachel. Elizabeth, Uh-oh. you better get going here. Okay. Wait, I want it I, I true or false. <laughs> I know. Okay. Give Here's, her a true or false. Uh, I'm sorry. I can't give that to you today. <laughs> That's not an option for today's trivia. Game. Elizabeth, are you ready? This is famous. Which one of Phoebe's songs gets turned into a music video? What is her most famous song? I, I know this one. Any idea, Elizabeth? Well, you know Elizabeth? most of them. Any idea, Elizabeth? I guess I didn't know that much about Friends like I should have. Yeah. Hmm. You want to help her out, Carl? I hear Elizabeth. I'm sending you uh, osmosisly through the radio. Is that a word? <laughs> you ready? It's smelly cat. Smelly cat. Smelly cat. Yeah. Smelly cat. Elizabeth got one. Four to one. I'm with I'm with Gary. It's like he's not helping me at all. Come on, help her out. All right, I've got two more questions. All right. Whose oh, turn is this? This is Carl. Okay. Um, what is Ross's profession? Well, that's easy. Well, I you, Elizabeth, do you know that one? What what is Ross's Ross's profession? Any idea? He's a, like a paleontologist. That is or correct. Like that. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> Wait, hold on. You know what? We're we're like way out west traveling. What I what was he was what was I didn't even hear what the question was. It, Ross's profession, paleontologist. Oh, yeah. Uh, that I could have answered. She could have answered that one. All right. Well, here's the last question. All right. Here you go, Elizabeth. Last question. What is question. the name of the person they watch through their window? I have no idea. It's not his actual name. He's a ugly what? No idea. He's an ugly naked guy. No idea. All right. That was a no kind of a recurring theme they had their uh, well, binoculars. Well, well Elizabeth. Aren't you really happy that, that you picked me, that you uh, that I was the caller that you picked? <laughs>
Well, well, we're happy that you gave it a shot. You know what, Elizabeth? Usually it's true or false. Elisa pulled a fast one on uh, on on us. Uh, I think um, I don't, you're not getting a pizza this week, Lisa. No pizza because for you. Because I got one last week. No pizza for you. <laughs> Elizabeth, thanks for calling in. Thank you for listening. I'm going to send you oh. some fun CDs for playing the game, okay? Yeah, thanks for giving it the old college try. Yes. Thank you, guys. It was fun. Have a great night. When we come back, it's The Whistler starring Gerald Moore. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-494-8310. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-494-8310. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-494-8310. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Before we get into The Whistler, I do want to remind all of our listeners, hey, we're about 50% of the way to our funding goal on Bold Venture. If you haven't heard what we're working on, I licensed all 78 Bold Venture master recordings from the producer. Now, Bold Venture was the only radio series that Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall starred in. It was a monumental series that aired on over 500 radio stations back in 1950, 51, and 52. And I um, I licensed all 78 episodes, and we have uh, launched a Kickstarter so that our listeners can help us raise the funds to transfer because it is very... Um, uh, it's expensive process to do a professional transfer of the 16-inch transcription discs to a digital format. But those who help us and pledge some money towards this process will get the shows. And if you um, pledge enough, you'll get all 78 shows, either on digital uh, downloads or on 39 CDs. It's a once-in-a-really-a-lifetime a opportunity because these these 78 radio shows have been in a warehouse in a controlled uh, environment for the last 70-plus years. We have a one-time shot to um, generate enough revenue to make the transfers. So you can go to our Kickstarter website, learn all about it. Please pledge some amount of money. Any amount will help us. And um, we have to get to the funding goal within the next two weeks. So time is of the essence just search Bold Venture Kickstarter, Bold Venture Kickstarter, and it'll take you right to our site. Check it all out. We're halfway there, folks. We need to push hard and get to the funding goal so we can uh, 
Do the transfer of these 78 Bold Venture episodes, including 18 that are lost episodes. Nobody has heard these in the last 70-plus years. So um, please help us save the Bold Venture radio series. Just Google Bold Venture Kickstarter and pledge some money. Now, we do not cash your uh, check or uh, your run your credit card unless we hit our funding goal. If we do not hit our funding goal, we will not charge your credit card. Go to Kickstarter, Bold Venture, and um, please give us a, a little a little push to our funding goal. All right, time now for the Whistler. This is a uh, a great radio series that um, always had a twist ending at the end, Lisa. And Gerald Moore stars in two-year plan from November 25th, 1946, part one now of The Whistler. The Signal Oil Program, The Whistler. That whistle is your signal for the Signal Oil Program, The Whistler. I am the Whistler, and I know many things, for I walk by night. I know many strange tales hidden in the hearts of men and women who have stepped into the shadows. Yes, I know the nameless terrors of which they dare not speak. Yes, friends, it's time for the Signal Oil program, The Whistler. Rated by independent research, the most popular West Coast program. In gasoline, you know... It takes extra quality to go farther. And Signal is the famous go-farther gasoline. So look for the Signal Circle sign in yellow and black that identifies Signal service stations from Canada to Mexico. And now the Whistler's strange story. Two-year plan. It had taken Eddie Davis exactly two years to swing it. And two years was very good time, even for a smart lawyer like Eddie. They'd all thought he was crazy when he left a promising job with the established law firm of Garden, Walker, and Reed to set up his own practice with just one client on the books, old Peter Jackson. Now, Mr. Davis, as you know, my holdings run around $5 million. I must have a man in whom I can place complete trust. I see. I think you'll discover you can trust me, Mr. Jackson. That remains to be seen, Mr. Davis. That remains to be seen. Yes, you went to work for Peter Jackson, Eddie. Because he needed someone he could trust those five millions to. Only a few months later, he was singing a different tune. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie, that's wonderful. Ah, no, nothing to it, Pete. <laughs> you, you say old Hamilton didn't know Columbia stores wanted that corner of his? Well, you don't think he'd let it go for 40000 if he did, do you? <laughs> Eddie, Eddie, believe it or not, this time it isn't the money. 
For the first time in my life, I've got the jump on Hamilton. <laughs> you know, Eddie? Yeah? You're doing a great job for me. A great job. The next jump was the long one, wasn't it, Eddie? It took a lot of work and more than a year of waiting. But you'd figured it for the long pull and kept telling yourself you had all the time in the world. You knew when Peter finally came around, he'd, uh, he'd drop it in with other business like a casual remark on the weather. But you were ready for it. You didn't bat an eye. Take care of that lease renewal on the 48th Street place, will you? It comes up on the 12th. Right. Well, I guess that does it, Pete. I better be on my way. Oh, and another thing, Eddie. Hmm? Uh, while you're downtown, drop by the bank and pick up my will, will you? Your will? Yes. I'd like to look it over. Okay. I'll bring it up this afternoon. You're not going to ask me why? Well, I, I think that's your business, Pete. Yeah. I'm glad you look at it that way. You know, I've done a lot of thinking during the last few months, Eddie. I suppose a man gets a little philosophical when he passes the 65 mark. Everything suddenly seemed a little silly to me. Silly? What do you mean? Oh, sweating and straining to pile up another million before I die. Working for someone 3,000 miles away whom I've never seen. I'm afraid I don't understand. <laughs> Naturally you don't. You've never asked me about my will, Eddie. And I can't help but admire you for it. But uh, what's this about working for someone you've never seen? The beneficiary. Oh. Name of Shelby Gordon, living in Vancouver, British Columbia. Only living relative I have, by the way. Not even a blood relation. Eddie, I've... I've come to admire you very much. I like you. Like the way you do things. Well, thanks, boss. I, I think I... I've found something in you, Eddie. Oh? Something I've never had before. Something I've never been able to buy. What's that? Friendship. So, that's why I want you to get out the will. I'm making you my beneficiary. And that was it, Eddie. Two years almost to the day. And there's a new will. Signed, sealed, and witnessed. With your name in the right place. Simply because no one else in town was smart enough to see that old Peter Jackson was a pushover for the right boy. It's legal now. You send off the new will to the recorder's office and Peter writes a personal letter to notify the former beneficiary in Vancouver. Because that's the way he does business. There's nothing between you and that five million Eddie but time. That was January. Then, on a bright afternoon in mid-April, he does something with words he could have done better with a baseball bat. You walk into his office, bright and cheery as usual, and he looks up from his desk, smiling. Oh, Eddie, glad you came. Got some news for you. What is it this time? We buying another brick heap? <laughs> no, something more important than that. Oh, wait a minute. Let me guess. You put another deal over on Hamilton. <laughs> You'd never guess in a million years, Eddie. I'm getting married. Huh? Married? <laughs> I told you you'd never guess. Yeah. 
You were right. Decided I had been a bachelor too long. Sounds silly, doesn't it? Getting married for the first time at 65. Still, I've heard of others. Who is she? A young lady. Tenant of mine in the Riverside Drive place. A young woman, huh? Yes. Why? How young? 40, 45? I said young Eddie. Marsha's 24. 24? Oh, now, wait a minute. I know what you're going to say. No, but Pete, you... Don't say it. I want you to meet Marsha first. Okay. Better get ready. She's meeting us in the Astor Lounge in half an hour. No congratulations. Your suggestion was a good one, boss. Suppose I meet her first, huh? With the prologue of Two-Year Plan, the Signal Oil Company brings you another strange tale by The Whistler. And now, back to The Whistler. Eddie, your client and friend, Peter Jackson, could have done it better with a baseball bat. Somehow, though, you managed not to show the shock, the sinking feeling inside you as you stood there in his office while he calmly told you he'd uh, gone off the deep end. You listened to him talk about Marsha McElroy in the taxi on the way to the Astor, and by the time the two of you walk into the lobby... You figure your chances of holding on to that five million, if the marriage goes through, are about those of a lame goat in the Kentucky Derby. You follow Peter into the lounge, and suddenly he's saying, Marsha, dear, I want you to meet Mr. Davis, my attorney. Eddie, Marsha McElroy, my fiancé. Hello, Mr. Davis. Peter has told me so much about you. <laughs> What's the matter, Eddie? <laughs> Cat got your tongue? Hmm? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Hello, Miss McElroy. Gerald Moore starring in The Whistler Two-Year Plan from November 25th, 1946. Loreen Tuttle is the uh, the gal in this um, this episode. Uh, sponsored by Signal Oil. I don't I don't think there's any Signal Oil around anymore, is there? I don't think so either. Yeah, uh, either. No, either. <laughs> I'm very refined, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was another big, um, this had the full orchestra. It was another big show on CBS, you know. CBS, they're, they spent more money, you know. They had the orchestra. They had the, the better producers, bigger name actors and things like that. Very good episode of The Whistler. We'll get back to it in a flash. Stick around. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast 
that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 Classic Radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Yep, this is Hollywood 360 uh, across the country on hundreds of radio stations and globally on American Forces Radio, playing all your favorite classic radio shows. Don't forget, folks, that you can sign up for a lifetime podcast. So for as long as we broadcast this show and we expect to be on the air Many, many, many more years. You can get a podcast sent right to your email every Monday with a full five-hour Hollywood 360 show in a digital link that never expires. We also add radio rarities to that, so you not only get the full five hours, but you also get radio rarities sent right to your email. And uh, you can listen to us anytime you want. And as a thank you for signing up, to the Lifetime Podcast, you uh, will receive a coffee mug, and it's a, you know, our swag. It has our, um, it has uh, both of our logos on there. On one side, it has the Hollywood 360 logo, and on the other side, it has our Radio Rarities logo. So you can, it has our pictures on there. You can drink out of the tops of our heads. <laughs> that right, sounds Lisa? good. People are loving the mugs. All I the will mugs. say we get a lot of uh, emails and calls about these great coffee mugs and photos. People send us photos. So it's kind of a nice perk. You know, and I, I, I take these to the post office. So I take the mug and I wrap it in bubble light, a lot of bubble, you know, bubble. And then I put it in a big box. So it's like, it's a pretty big box you get with the coffee mug in there. We want to make sure it gets to you uh, safe and sound. And I go to the post office with these things, and they're like, wow, look how many coffee mugs Carl's sending out this week. So people are loving it. Uh, it is a one-time charge. So normally when you get the podcast, if you pay monthly, it adds up to $72 a year. All right? So every year you're paying $72 to get the podcast. Well, if you pay one-time $100, you never pay again, one time, 100 bucks. You will get the podcast sent to you every Monday, and you get the coffee mug mailed to you. How do you do this? Just go to our website, Hollywood360radio.com. That's Hollywood360radio.com. At the very top of the website is, uh, you know, the way to sign up. Put your credit card in there, one-time charge, and you will get the coffee mug and the podcasts every Monday. Don't you also have a phone number? Yeah, we have a phone number. You can call us tonight if you would like to call us and speak to either me or Lisa. We'll sign you up to the Lifetime Podcast. You can call us at 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. If we don't answer, that means we're on the phone. We'll call you back. Leave a number, 815 900 Seven five three five. All right, time for the conclusion now to the Whistler. And you know at that moment that she holds all the cards you have and several more. Yes, Eddie, you've seen beautiful women in your time, but nothing ever to compare with Marsha, with her jet black hair and creamy skin, and eyes that seem to change from blue to violet to purple. The kind of eyes that make you stutter and wobble at the knees. 
and Peter is proud of her. You can see that, too. She leaves the two of you alone for a moment over your coffee and cigars, almost as if she knew you were waiting for an opportunity to discuss her. Well, Eddie, what about the congratulations now? She's uh, very charming, Pete. Quite beautiful, too. You approve? You mind if I speak frankly? Oh, you've got a right to. You're my best friend. She's marrying you for your money. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Look, she's 24 and you're 65. Now, does that make sense? Go on, Eddie. Well, two months after your marriage, you'll be after everything you've got. And if you don't give it to her, you'll find yourself defendant in a separation suit and she'll be using those... Those gorgeous eyes of hers on a jury. I think you're wrong. Okay, okay, I'll make you a little bet. I'll draw up a marriage contract. Well, it isn't very usual nowadays, but it'll save you paying through the nose later. If Marsha marries you in the face of the kind of marriage contract I draw, I'll eat, I'll eat crow until it comes out of my ears. Now, that's fair enough, isn't it? You'll give us your blessings, then? Pete, if she signs that contract, you can make me number one flower girl. Good. Bring it around tomorrow. I'll have her there to sign it. Well, Mr. Davis, Peter's been telling me you think I should sign some sort of agreement before we're married. Uh, yes, yes. As a matter of fact, I, I have it right here. Uh, I, I, I think it's best to sort of clarify things ahead of time and... and uh... Oh, stop hemming and hawing, Eddie. I've already told Marcia why you thought she should sign it. She has no objections at all. Peter, you're embarrassing, Mr. Davis. Come on, Eddie. Let's see it. Oh, it looks so legal. Well, briefly, Miss McElroy, it, it provides for the amount of money you're to have as an allowance while you're married. And, uh, well, it also provides for any alimony or claim for support in the event of a divorce or separation. I see. And how much is it to be? Well, the, uh, the allowance is $75 a week. And in the event of divorce or separation, nothing. Well, what do you think, Marsha? Do I have to sign it, as is? You mean you have some objection? Well, I, I suppose I do. Oh? What is it, Marsha? Well, I... I think the allowance is entirely too much. You better make it $50. After all, Peter, with you to take care of me, what in the world would I do with $75 a week? No, Eddie. You'll never understand it. You can't believe she's genuine. Yet there it was, right in front of you in black and white. And you're more confused than ever, because deep inside you, mixed up with the dollars and cents, tangled with your rivalry with her for the five million, you know you're in love with her, just as lost as Peter is in those deep blue eyes. There's only one possible answer, of course. She's like you are, playing it the smart way concentrating on that $5 million inheritance. It's three weeks after the wedding before you get another chance to be with her alone. Peter had called that he wouldn't be at the office all day, and you're working there alone when she comes in. Well, Marsha. Hello. How's the bride? Happy, thank you. What brings you downtown? Well, let's see. 
Well, the two things are three. <laughs> well, first of all, Peter has a cold. A cold. Oh. Secondly, he asked me to do a few errands for him. And? And? And third? Guess. Yeah, I'll bite what? I thought you might ask me to lunch. Oh, sounds great. <sighs> what are you working on? A copy of Peter's will. Oh, that. Yes, yes, that. Now that he's married, you know, there'll have to be some provision for you one way or another. Does there? Oh, come on now. Let's not go through that again. No, huh? no, I'm interested. Yeah, I should think you would be. That's why you married him, isn't it? You're being rather cruel. Oh, now drop it, will you? We're alone here. You can let down your hair. Oh, I admit you threw me an awful curve with that marriage contract. As a rule, you know, gold diggers will sacrifice the long pull in favor of ready cash. Please, Eddie. Okay. I'm sorry. Don't you see? I'm trying to make him happy, Eddie. Trying to give him something to believe in. Can you understand that? No. There's no way I can convince you? Yes, yes. There's one way. Well, what's that? Sign away your interest in the estate. I see. Uh-huh. You're genuine, though, aren't you? You're a real friend to him. You don't care about his money. What's that got to do with it? Well, he told me you're the current beneficiary in his will. Oh? How'd you get that out of him? Third degree or thumb screws? Did you have to say that? Oh, I'm sorry. You see, I can't help wondering about you, Eddie. Yeah, well, I'll leave that up to Peter. Well, he's wondering, too. You seem so concerned about the marriage. What'd you tell him? Nothing. Mm, I see. Would I convince you if I signed away my interest in the will? After that, baby, I'd believe anything. And you'd convince me if you signed away yours. I already told you that the money didn't make any difference to me. What about you? He's my best friend. Does that answer your question? There's only one way you can answer it, Eddie. We can go to him together and tell him we want the will restored to its original state. Just as it was before he met either of us. You mean leave his money to that, that, that Shelby Gordon in Vancouver? That's right. Oh. Well, which is it? Peter as a friend or his money? I'm sure he'll be glad to know. Do you really mean that? You, you'd give it all up for... Of course I do. Oh, no, no. You're not human. You're not human at all. You're out of this world. Do you believe in me now? Oh, it just doesn't make sense, Marsha. You're young. You're the... Well, you're the most beautiful girl I ever saw in my life. Peter's 65. I told myself the will was the only possible answer. You've been terribly hard to convince. Oh, they don't come like you. Not... Not even in dreams. Uh, you're awfully sweet. I don't need to tell you, I guess. Women have a way of knowing, anyhow. Marsha, I... Please, don't say it. It isn't right. I'm sorry. I'm not used to playing the second string. I just want you to remember that... But after Pete's gone, I'll... I'll be around, waiting... I'll remember that. Well, are we going to see Peter about changing the will back to the original beneficiary? Yeah. You know, you're not only beautiful, Marcia, you're smart. If I refuse, he disinherits me anyway, because my motives aren't pure. Ah, you win. Let's go see Peter. At first... What? Lunch. Well, Eddie, 
You have to believe in her now, don't you? There just aren't any other answers. The two years you invested in Peter Jackson went for nothing. The dreams of the five million dollars fell to pieces before this girl whose only weapon was honesty. And somehow you find you can take it. One look from those blue eyes and you'd buy her Grant's tomb and make a down payment on the Brooklyn Bridge. A week after the new will is signed, reinstating Shelby Gordon of Vancouver, the original beneficiary, Peter calls to say he's not feeling well again and asks if you'd mind driving her home after an afternoon of shopping. It's been awfully sweet of you to drive me home, Eddie. Uh, Marsha? Yes? Oh, I better skip it, I guess. What are you trying to tell me, Eddie? You've started to say something three times in the last five minutes. Well, Marsha, it's it's about the will. Oh, again? Yeah, again. Now, believe it or not, I'm only thinking of you this time. What is it now? Well, it's not fair to you. No, don't look at me that way. He ought to provide for you. You, you, You've got a legal right to it. I told you I don't. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. You might as well know all of it. The will is signed and witnessed on page three. I drew it up that way. Mm. It's still down in my office safe. I've got a right to keep it there because I'm Peter's executor. But I don't see what Well, it's just it... this. The beneficiary shown on page two. It'll make no difference whatsoever to Peter if I draw up a new page with... with you as beneficiary. Why, Eddie, what that'll be forgery. I know it. For you, I take the chance. Look, he doesn't... For this, this Shelby Gordon in Vancouver, he's never even seen him. I don't want it, Eddie. I don't want you to touch it. Is that clear? Would expose me if I did? Why, I don't know. Well, here we are. You've got to promise me, Eddie. No, let's not talk about it here. Now, wait a minute. Look, here comes the maid. Mrs. Jackson! Mrs. Jackson! Something's wrong. Oh, Mrs. Jackson, I've been trying to get you. What's the matter? It's Mr. Jackson. He's had a stroke. Peter! It's awful. Did you get a doctor? Yes, he's up there now. I'm afraid Mr. Jackson's gone. Oh, Eddie, come on. We'd better hurry. No, no. I've got to get back to the office. Don't argue with me. Go up and talk to the doctor. I told you I've got to get back to the office. And there's a good reason, isn't there, Eddie? As you race down the parkway toward town, page two of the will falls into place in your mind. Only the three of you knew the context because you'd been clever enough to call in the witnesses only for the signatures. Yes, Eddie, you knew you'd never have a chance with your own name there, but with Marsh's, the two-year plan might pay off after all. It takes you only a few minutes to draw up the new page and insert it between the others, replacing the black ribbon just as it was before, and carefully put it back in the safe. You still aren't sure of Marsha, but with five million dollars at stake, you know it's worth the gamble. The two of you meet at the funeral and sit side by side during the services. But you know that now isn't the time to tell her, that you'll have to wait until later, after you've filed the will for probate. Here you are. Mr. Jackson's death came so unexpectedly. Uh, I'd planned to bring the will down this week, but... Uh... Mm. Well, properly executed, witnessed, so on. Now, I don't think there'll be any difficulty. Mrs. Jackson be the natural beneficiary, of course. Yes, of course.
Mr. Davis. Hello, Anna. Mrs. Jackson in? Why, didn't you know? Know what? She's gone away. Left right after the funeral. Where? She didn't say. Poor thing was pretty hard hit by Mr. Jackson's death, you know. Expect she's gone up to the mountains or somewhere. Oh, she left a note for you. A note? Where is it? You'll find it right there on the hall table. A note? What's she writing notes for? Hmm. Dear Eddie, I'm writing you this because I'm leaving now for good and I know we'll never see each other again. Thanks so much for your kind services. I appreciate everything you've done more than I can say. It was strictly business, you know. So I want you to send me a bill. You're a smart lawyer and a wonderful friend. Cordially, Marsha Jackson. Cordially, Marsha Jackson. Cordially. Is there something wrong, Mr. Davis? Anna, you want to know what the nastiest word is in the English language? Well, please, sir. Cordially, Anna. Cordially. So she's gone, Eddie. All the dreams, all the visions of you and Marsha and Peter Jackson's five million dollars are gone. Vanished into thin air. And for the first time in your life, you have to admit, someone made a sucker out of you. The will's gone in for probate now and you have a choice to make. Either you can let it stand and allow Marsha to collect the estate, or you can set things right, admit to a forgery, and perhaps give the state a chance at a two-year plan of its own. For three days, it churns around in your mind, keeps you from anything else. Then, with the reading of the will only a day off, you make your decision and walk into the district attorney's office. He's interested in what you have to say. Well, that's it. I was in love with her. I think it was more that, at the end at least, than anything else. I wanted to see her get what was coming to her. And naturally, you hope that the Yeah, yeah, will... yeah. There's no point in denying it. Now that it's over. I want to set things straight. Now, don't get me wrong, D.A. It's not because I'm so honest. Uh, you just don't want to let her make a sucker out of you, huh? That's right. She has no claim on the estate. Money belongs to a distant relative, a guy named Shelby Gordon. Lives in Vancouver. I have the genuine pages of the will right here. Oh, Good. Incidentally, I, I don't think you'll have to worry about the forgery charge, Eddie. Doesn't make much difference anyway, and... What do you mean? Look, I don't know what league you... Five million bucks is a big difference to me. <laughs> what did you call her, Eddie? A beautiful question mark? Yeah. Well, a probate court called yesterday. Asked us to check on her. You see, there was a reason why she came to New York and married Peter Jackson after he'd made a new will in your favor. What? We thought there might be a loophole somewhere. Possible fraud, but there isn't any. She's too smart. You see, before she came here, she had her name legally changed to Marsha McElroy. Her real name was Shelby Gordon. Lives in Vancouver. Whistle be your signal for the Signal Oil program, The Whistler, each Monday at 9. Brought to you by the Signal Oil Company, marketers of Signal gasoline and motor oil and fine quality automotive accessories. Signal has asked me to remind you 
to get the most driving pleasure. Drive at sensible speeds. Be courteous and obey traffic regulations. It may save a life. Possibly your own. Featured in tonight's story were Lorene Tuttle and Gerald Moore. The Whistler was produced by George W. Allen. Story based on an idea by George Fass. Music by Wilbur Hatch. And was transmitted to our troops overseas by the Armed Forces Radio Service. This is Marvin Miller speaking for the Signal Oil Company. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. All righty then. That's the Whistler from November 25th, 1946. Two-year plan starring Gerald Moore, uh, sponsored by Signal Oil, as heard on CBS. Hope you enjoyed that. Um, did you enjoy that, Lisa? I did enjoy that, Carl. Yeah, you like the Whistler, I, and I like Gerald Moore. You know why I think you like the Whistler because you like with you him. like changing things up, and the Whistler always had a twist ending. I you know like how, a little twist. You know, how, like ending, normally Carl. we have um, true or false, and then well, last you just week surprised me, and you and yeah. you have uh, you know. Yeah, there's really uh, no surprises though, Carl. Really? Just to be clear, last week we did it just this way, and it worked out really well. Did it? So you just never uh, know. Okay. You know? Yeah, glad to hear that. Yeah. Uh, hope you enjoyed that. Time for this month in music history. All right, we're going Smarty back to pants. The, <laughs> we're going back to you're a little complainer tonight. Going back <laughs> to the 1970s with this song. Gonna find my baby, gonna hold her tight, gonna grab some afternoon delight. I happen to like this song. Uh, this is recorded by Starland Vocal Band. Yep, Starland it Vocal Band. It won a Grammy Award for Best Arrangement for Voices. And get this, in 2010, Billboard named Afternoon Delight the 20th sexiest song of all time. 20th sexiest? Let me Wait, ask, say that again. The 20th sexiest. So let me ask you this. What 19 songs are sexier than this? Would you like me to do a segment on that? Yes. I will. Sexy songs. I'm, that's my, I can't do it next week. We have something planned, but I can do it the week after. Sexy songs. Sexy songs. I I'm like on it. it. We could do like three, four weeks of that. I'm on it. All right. About just a lifetime part of it. I like it. Hey, for once, uh, I came up with a good idea you that did. you actually like. No, I said, how about we do a segment on that? <laughs> that was my idea. All right. Quick break. Then it's more on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. In our next hour, Gerald Moore stars as a French teacher who may be interested in Miss Brooks on Our Miss Brooks. Plus, we need a caller. We sure do. We've got some classic rock songs from the 70s and 80s. If you are a fan, give us a call. 312-642-5600. Caller 8. Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me. Listen now. Search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.